Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 184, week 6 recap of the 2018 Alabama turkey season. And I am your host, and the guy who has mixed emotions about Alabama's turkey season ending. That's right. I'm surprised that I'm even remotely understandable at this point between the sobbing and my bottom lip being poked out because we are 300, man that hurts to say, 315 days, 11 hours, 34 minutes, and 12 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Yeah, that's a long time from now, but I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, I've got two turkey hunting trips out of state coming up. That'll pretty much carry me through the end of May. That'll make us about 200 and let's say 85 days away from opening the spring turkey season. And then summertime will be here. And as we all know, summertime flies by. Football season starts. And as we all know, football season flies by. And in the middle of football season, deer season starts, and deer season always flies by. And in Alabama, deer season runs all the way to February the 10th, which is entirely too long of a season, but that's not on our subject today. And as soon as deer season ends, we have the NWTF convention in Nashville. And then after that ends, well, it's time to get serious about getting out and looking for turkeys, because at that point, we'll be less than 30 days away from the opening day of spring turkey season. So welcome to 2019 and goodbye 2018. (laughs) I just made us all a year older in a hurry, didn't I? Okay, I hated to put us a week behind this season's action last week by doing a rerun, but I really didn't have a choice. Work had to have me. And man, what a crappy week of work it was too. I'm glad that week is over, but this week's not looking much more fun. Now, let's get into the recap of week six of Alabama's 2018 turkey season. Okay, Thursday, April the 19th, in the morning, I actually didn't hunt because I was leaving that afternoon to meet my buddy Steve in Mississippi to hunt in Mississippi for the weekend. So after arriving in Mississippi, we went on a little afternoon hunt where it was kind of a tour of the property and 
of course, trying to drum up the interest of a male wild turkey. Most of this property that we hunted flooded the week before, and it was nasty muddy. We didn't have anything going on Thursday afternoon in the woods, nor did we see a lot of sign, but that was okay because there was a huge steak. I mean a huge steak. Salad, cold beers, and great camaraderie lined up for the evening, and those things did not disappoint. It was a good time. So, you know, I've mentioned before that really at heart, I'm an explorer, and I think most of us hunters are explorers. So I was excited about what Friday morning would bring because this was a new piece of property to me and a new piece of property to Steve. He had never turkey hunted this property before. And the guy who owns the property who is with us doesn't really turkey hunt. So this was going to be a journey for all of us. Well, Friday morning, April the 20th, or as some of you may know it, 420. At daybreak, we heard one turkey gobble about three times, and that turkey was off the property. And that was it. We did a lot of walking, we did a lot of calling, and we saw a grand total of two sets of turkey tracks and all the fresh mud and muck on this property. And it appeared that the flooding moved the turkeys out of the property, and they just hadn't moved back in yet. And I'm not 100% sure that they are going to move back in because, as we all know, hen turkeys, they like to set up shop this time of year and nest. And they're always looking for a good place to nest where they think their nest will be successful. And I cannot imagine that they would think their nest would be successful along the river bottom when the river has flooded so much this past winter and early spring. This property that we hunted was really nice looking property. And I can imagine that it's probably loaded with turkeys during a drier spring. But this spring in the southeast, just like it is for much of the country, ain't no dry spring. Friday afternoon, Steve and I loaded up and we headed to his hunting camp, which is on higher ground, drier ground, for an afternoon hunt. And we were going to hunt there Saturday as well. So Friday afternoon, we arrive and we go on a long walk, probably a three mile trek and it was a little disappointing as we saw little to no sign in the area that we were in so we changed areas and bingo we saw some evidence of a male wild turkey being in the area because he left several footprints in the road and there was a bunch of sign from female wild turkeys as well now we didn't get any response walking and calling Friday afternoon, so we decided to see if we could get one to gobble on the roost, and we scored. And obviously, at that point, we knew we were definitely going in that area Saturday morning. Friday night consisted of another huge steak, more cold beers, more salad, and crawfish sausage, which I'd never had before, and it was pretty good. And of course, more great camaraderie as well. I had a really good time on this trip. And of course, now I am very excited about Saturday morning because we know that there is a gobbler in the area and we know where his tracks are in the road. We just have to get to that road and be ready for him. The question is, what part of the road? This road that this turkey's hanging out on is just a big semicircle that connects to the county road. And this gobbler is pretty much working this entire area, and he's up and down this road. Well, Saturday morning rolls around, April the 21st, and we decided to go a little north 
of the area that we thought the turkey was roosted in. I dropped a pin on my Onyx map and thought that we had a pretty good feel of where this turkey was. We were standing in the road, I would say 200 yards from where we thought the turkey was roosted. And after a lot of effort, we finally got a turkey to gobble. What we didn't know at the time was that was not the same turkey. We didn't know 100% where the turkey was roosted, but it didn't sound like this turkey that gobbled could have been the same turkey that we ended up hunting. And I'll get into that a little bit more here in just a second. So we slip into the woods after this turkey that has gobbled one time. And the turkey is not terribly far, maybe 150 yards from us. So we get in the woods about 75 yards and the woods are fairly thick. And we sit down and we call. And I thought I heard a turkey fly down, but I couldn't swear to that. I never heard any drumming. I never heard any gobbling. And then after we've been sitting there about 10 minutes, a turkey gobbles off into the bottom down below us. This turkey's probably 300 yards from us. Now, I'm not saying a turkey can't cover 400 yards in a matter of 10 minutes because they very easily can, but I just don't think that the turkey that started gobbling good down in the bottom was the same turkey that we got close to on the roost. Well, after listening to the turkey in the bottom gobble about six or eight times, we decided we needed to get up and go. So we tried to put together a game plan and Steve said, well, do you want to back out and hit the road that we were on, make the loop around and try to get on the other side of the turkey so that the turkey is between us and the county road? And I think one of my mistakes on this hunt was I said, no, let's go straight to him. Because I think all we need to do is get to this road that he is on, because I think he's on the road already this morning. We need to get to this road, and I think we can call him down the road to us. And it would be quicker for us to walk straight to the road than it would be to back out onto the road above the turkey, loop all the way around, and get on the other side of him. And I don't want to run the risk of this turkey calling in a hen, so every minute of time right now is precious. So we did just that. We started, I'm going to say straight to the turkey because pretty much we did. And we were in the bottom, turkey's in the bottom, but the turkey is on the road now. The turkey is strutting up and down the road and he's gobbling like crazy. Well, we slip in there, we get about 75 yards from the turkey and I call and the turkey responds. We sit there for about five minutes. The turkey's gobbling, gobbling in the same spot and he's gobbling. And I looked at Steve and I said, He's not coming. He's where he wants to be. He's in the strut zone that he wants to be in. And we need to get back out and get around him just a little bit. And then my second mistake was made. I said, no, I think with the terrain the way it is and with this brush in the woods the way that it is, the underbrush, I think that I can slip in closer to him and hopefully get to where He's working that strut zone and he's down at the far end of the strut zone as I work my way up to where I can see the strut zone. And then when he works his way back to me, I'll be able to see him and he'll be in range. So as I'm slipping up to the turkey to get a little bit closer, he stops gobbling. And I thought, OK, there's a very good chance I've spooked him. But there is a very slight chance that he's called a hen in and that he's either there breeding her or he has walked off with her. So I kept working my way up to the road. Finally, I got to where I was in a what I felt like was a good location to be able to see the road. And I called 
and the turkey gobbled, and he's about 250 yards away from us. And at this point in time, I stood up, I signaled for Steve to come on, and he came to the road, and we walked up the road to get a little bit closer to the turkey. Now the turkey's moved up on a ridge, and there's this very small food plot up on this ridge. So we try to get as close as we can to that ridge. We sit down and we call. The turkey's gobbling, turkey's gobbling, and he moves off the ridge. Well, at that point in time, I thought, okay, we can call him back on top of this ridge. So we move up, we set up on top of the ridge, just off the food plot, and we start calling. And the turkey starts hammering it. He's gobbling, and he's drumming, and he's getting closer, and he's getting closer and closer. He gets to about 60, 65 yards, and the drumming stops, and the gobbling stops. And then about 10 minutes later, the turkey gobbles, and he's down in the bottom on the opposite side of the ridge from the bottom that he was in when we started hunting him. At that point in time, he moved off the property, and our hunt was over. So in hindsight, looking back at that hunt, here's what I think happened. I think that, well, I don't think. I know I was too aggressive, and I can be a little too aggressive sometimes, but I think that at times to kill a turkey, we have to be aggressive. That if we're not aggressive and we don't make a move and we sit back and we watch what happens and we don't take action, a turkey's going to be a turkey and they're going to do what they want to do. Sometimes we have to force the issue. So again, in hindsight, I was too aggressive. We should have backed out. We should have gone all the way back out to the road, looped all the way around, and where we would have come in would have been on top of that ridge that had the food plot on it. I didn't know this. Steve didn't know this. Steve's not a turkey hunter, but it appears that that turkey's normal route is to hit the road in that first little bottom, gobble, try to get some action going on. If he can't get some action going on, he moves up on top of the hill and he gobbles. And if he can't get action going on there, he goes down into the next bottom and he gobbles. And he's just working his route. We were never on his route. And that was a huge problem for us. We were behind the eight ball from the start and didn't know it. And that pretty much was Saturday's hunt. And around lunchtime, Steve and I loaded up and headed back to Birmingham. Sunday morning, April the 22nd, I'd already decided I was going to my property south of Birmingham. And I was going to spend a little bit of time there. I'd gone to church Saturday night. I had as much time as I needed Sunday morning, except... There was rain moving in to the area at some point during Sunday morning. I know there are birds coming onto my place south of Birmingham, but they're not coming in at a set time. It's not like they're coming in from 8.30 to 10 a.m. every morning. They're coming in between 8 o'clock in the morning and 6 o'clock in the evening. So I know that if I'm going to kill a turkey on my place, which is one of my goals for the season, I've got to get out there and I've got to camp out. And I've got to be patient. And that is something I'm not very good at anymore. I used to be very patient. But as I've gotten older, for me to sit in one spot in one area, my mind starts to wander. And it starts to think about all the things I need to be doing at work. It starts to think about all the things that I need to be doing at home around the house. And I get antsy. Well, it's hard to be antsy on 24 acres of property. But I've got in my mind, I'm dead set on shooting a turkey on my place. So Sunday morning is going to be the morning. And Sunday morning, there is a male wild turkey sighting and a shot fired. Sounds like a good day, doesn't it? So Sunday morning, 
I get to my place early, get out of the truck, and I hear a turkey gobbling off in the distance. If you've paid attention to me telling the stories about hunting my place, you know already that the birds typically do not roost on my property. They roost on the neighbor's property. They fly down. They may be on the neighbor's property for an hour. They may be on the neighbor's property for eight hours. Eventually, they come on to my place. Well, Sunday morning, one of the three turkeys I've been hearing gobble over there was actually gobbling in the bottom just off of the main ridge that runs through my property. And he's closer than he normally is to my property. So I thought, hey, this may happen pretty quick this morning. So I'm walking around and calling, much like a hen would if she were feeding. He's gobbling every so often, and sounds like he's starting to move my direction. So I walk to the end of one of my food plots, and I am between where the turkey's gobbling and the ridge that he wants to be on, or I think he wants to be on. And I call and he gobbles, and I said, all right, I've got to sit down because he's going to step into this food plot any time now, and I need to be ready. So I step off the food plot, and when I do, just the way the terrain is over there on my place, it's hilly. And when I step 15 feet, 20 feet off of my food plot, I am so far downhill that I can only see about a fourth or a fifth of the food plot. So I just decided at that point in time, I'm just going to stand up. So I get behind a good-sized pine tree, get my gun propped up on one of the branches, and I'm waiting. Now I can see almost the entire food plot, and I can see down the road that runs along this ridge. And I'm waiting, and I'm thinking this gobbler is going to come up on top of the ridge into the food plot at about my one o'clock, and he's going to move from my right to my left, which will put him in range and give me the opportunity to get a shot at him. When all of a sudden I look down the road towards the end of the food plot, and I see a turkey walk up out of the woods and start feeding in the food plot. And it was a hen. So I'm watching this hen, and I'm thinking, all right, she's either with him or he's by himself working in this direction to try to meet up with her. But she's, at this stage, she's probably 75 yards from me. And she's just feeding around. There's no general direction or path that she's taking. She's just feeding. But I'm hopeful that he'll come up into the food plot, see her start displaying, and she'll eventually work her way towards me. I feel like I'm in a good place. There's no reason for me to move at this point. Well, not five minutes after she pops into the food plot, here he comes from the same place that she came from, and he has a paintbrush on him. He is huge. That was the first thing that I saw, of course, when he came out of the woods. And he walked past the hen, stepped onto the road that runs through the food plot and along the ridge, and he stood there, and he looked around, and he looked around, and he looked around, and he took about five steps, which put him on the other side of the road from the hen, and I thought, he's walking off. He's just going to walk off and leave this hen. So I called to him, and he took about two steps back, and now he's standing on the side of the road, and he's looking around, he's looking around, he's looking around, and I thought, I'm screwed. <laughs> I don't have a decoy up. I've got nothing. I mean, he can plainly see there is no hen over here. And he turns and he walks the direction that he was headed to start with, off the food plot, down into the bottom, and he gobbles. And my thought is at this point in time, okay, I need to reposition. I need to move back down to where he was, and I need to call 
and see if I can call him back up. But I know that I can't move right away. I've got to let him get a little bit further away and then try to call him back. So I do just that. And I'm sitting there and I'm waiting on the gobbler to get a little bit further away. And I'm watching the hen. She's still feeding around. And then all of a sudden she looks up and she takes off running towards me on the road. She makes the curve in the road and disappears behind the hill. And she's gone. And I thought, what in the world? is? Why would she just, out of the blue, just take off running? Well, I don't really care because I'm not all that concerned with her. The gobbler is not concerned with her at all. So... It's good that she's out of the way. Now I can move down to the area where he crossed my food plot, set up, and see if I can call him back in here. So I sit down, and the turkey gobbles before I could even call, and he's moving away. And I start calling, and I get no response. So I'm sitting there. I've been there maybe 10 minutes, and I'm keeping an eye over my right shoulder because that's the direction that the gobbler went. And I just see a little bit of movement to my left. Well, I cut my eyes over. And I look up, and there's a coyote standing there about eight steps from me. Well, I'm a right-handed shooter, and a coyote at eight steps off my left shoulder is going to get shot at, even if I have to risk ruining a hunt. Now, it's a hunt in Alabama. If I was in another state, I probably wouldn't do this. Other than cutting my eyes, I haven't moved a muscle. So I click the safety off, and as soon as I click the safety off, the coyote starts to trot from my left towards my right. Now I don't have to move the gun much at all. And when the coyote starts to trot, I throw the gun up and I shoot and the coyote disappears. So I sat there for a second, kind of looking around, trying to figure out if the coyote went down or if it ran off or what the deal was. And I said, I'm about 90% sure that I knocked the stew out of that coyote and that it's dead. So I went ahead and I got up and I walked over and sure enough, Cody's laying there about 10 steps from me, and I took out a predator Sunday morning. Instead of trying to call a gobbler that had walked off and was probably not coming back to where I was. And I don't think I've ever asked you guys this question before, but I like to ask other hunters when I see them. What do you do when you see a coyote? Is every circumstance different and you kind of just weigh how the hunt is going? Or is every circumstance the same and you're letting them walk? Or is every circumstance the same and you're shooting, whether you think you can kill that coyote or not? I have shot at and hit so many coyotes with a shotgun while turkey hunting with number six shot that didn't kill them right away, but I kind of feel like killed them at some point in time. One of them sticks out in my brain about three years ago. I shot one in the face at about 30 steps and I had to have blinded that coyote because it ran into every tree in every vine as it was running off. It looked like Otis the town drunk running through the woods. And so I'm a little bit curious. What do you guys do? What would you have done in my situation on Sunday morning's hunt? Would you have shot at that coyote at eight steps? Or would you have let it go? DM me on Twitter. My handle is at turkeyhitman. And let me know what you would have done. Again, in hindsight, I wouldn't have done anything different than what I did unless I had been on an out-of-state hunt then I would not have been worried as much about the coyote. I probably would have gotten up and chased the coyote off and tried to circle back around that turkey, but the turkey was off my property, and the chances of him coming back on anytime soon were slim. So I feel like I made the right decision and have saved hopefully a couple of poults and a couple of fawns as well. All right, after I shot the coyote, my hunt was done. 
and the rain was moving in and there was a little bit of yard work that needed to be done before the rain moved in. So I loaded up, went back to Birmingham. The wife and I jumped in the yard, actually got all the yard work done that we had on the schedule for Sunday before the rain kicked in. And well, she was happy Sunday night. One of my to-do items got done during turkey season. That's a rarity. On the way back home Sunday, I decided that I am through hunting any other properties in Alabama. That if I plan on killing a turkey on my property, then I need to get serious about killing a turkey on my property. I need to get serious about doing it by being there. And this is kind of a no-brainer. None of my other properties have turkeys on them. Now, I can go and hunt public land and there are turkeys there. But killing a turkey on public land was not my goal for the season. Killing a turkey on my property is one of my goals for the season. So I already knew where I was going the rest of the season while I was in Alabama. And on Monday, April the 23rd, I was back to my property and I heard quite a bit of goblin. The turkeys were probably 200 to 250 yards off my property, which is not unusual. They were roosted up on the ridge on my neighbor's property where they roost quite often and I moved down to the lower food plot on my property. I've got a food plot that runs along a ridge. Actually, two food plots run along the ridge. And then I've got a food plot down in my bot. <laughs> I've got a food plot in the bottom, not in my bottom. And <laughs> sorry about that. A little sophomoric humor there. So I, I get down to the lower food plot. And I see a turkey in the food plot. So I pull my binoculars up and I'm looking and it's a hen. Well, I've got my fan in front of me and I'm holding the fan and I'm watching the hen through my binoculars, thinking that maybe that gobbler is behind her in the food plot. And I'm watching and all of a sudden she looks up, looks over there at me and starts going, and she takes off and she flies. She didn't like that fan. Or maybe it was that she didn't like me being behind that fan. But either way, she didn't like it and she took off. So I kept moving towards the food plot thinking, okay, that gobbler is there. And unless the gobbler flies across the lake, which is where the hen just flew, she flew across the slough in the lake onto the edge of the ridge that when you get to the top of it, my two food plots are on up there. So she's further onto my property. And I thought, okay, if that gobblers behind her or with her unless he flies across that slough as well i'm in a great spot and since i've got this fan i can probably make him angry enough to where he'll want to come in and fight so i continue moving towards the food plot continue getting there i'm moving closer moving closer moving closer and nothing the gobbler is not in my food plot but i hear <coughs> <coughs> And I thought, okay, that turkey is coming down the hill from the top of the ridge on my neighbor's property down to this food plot where this hen just was. So I backed up, I sat down, and I hear a little quieter. A little quieter. I said, okay, that turkey is moving down the ridge away from me. So I'm going to continue along the bottom of this hill until I can get to the road, my neighbor's driveway that runs up to the top of his ridge, which is wide open. 
probably 75 yards wide and it runs from the bottom that I'm standing in up to the top of the ridge on his property that the turkeys roost on and I've still got my fan with me and my plan is to get into that opening and when that turkey steps out into the opening onto my neighbor's road he'll be able to see me there and hopefully that will spark a little jealousy in him and he'll come pay me a visit. So as I'm walking towards the road that turns to go up to my neighbor's property, I hear turkey fly off about 100 yards from me. And I look, and it's the same paintbrush longbeard that I saw Sunday morning. He flew off the neighbor's ridge and onto the bottom of the hill that goes up to the ridge where I have my two food plots. So now the turkey's on my property. He was on the neighbor's property. Now he's on my property and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be moving up to the top of the ridge and he's going to hit those two food plots and I need to be there. But there's just no way for me to get there because that hill is so steep that I think that turkey can see me no matter where he is on that hillside. So I have to wait for him. And after I wait a few minutes and I feel like he's moved on enough, I back out of where I am and I am in the wide open there's nowhere on that hillside that you could stand where you would not be able to see me unless you were standing behind a tree with your eyes closed. And I don't think that gobbler was standing behind a tree with his eyes closed. So I backed out of there, went across the creek that runs into the lake, up the hill on my property, onto the ridge where the two food plots are, and I waited. And he never showed up, and he never gobbled, and he never made another sound. So I'm pretty sure I spooked him when I backed out of there and had to move around the slough and then up the ridge. I'm pretty sure I spooked him. But regardless, my hunt was over Monday, loaded up, headed back to Birmingham. Tuesday morning, I'm back at my place, April the 24th, about 530 in the morning. Two of the three turkeys start gobbling. They're on the neighbor's property. The third turkey starts gobbling. He's in the bottom just off the ridge that runs through my property. And they gobbled. And they gobbled and they gobbled and they gobbled and they would not come any closer. So for about two hours, I sat there and I listened to those three turkeys gobble at each other and those three turkeys gobble at me. I really lost count, but when I lost count, I was at about 115 individual gobbles and they're gobbling three at a time. So I'm just going to be conservative and say 275 to 300 gobbles. Well, come to find out that there are two birds on one side of the creek that runs into the lake. This is the main creek that feeds the lake that they're along. There's two birds on my neighbor's side of it. There's one gobbler on my side of it. And they're standing there on opposite sides of the creek gobbling at each other. And then it hits me. These three turkeys are not buddies. Two of these three turkeys are buddies. And what I think is happening is that we've got some two versus one going on here. I think what we have are two younger subordinate birds that are beating up on one older. Just a guess on that because I haven't seen any of them close enough to be able to check to see who I think can win in a heavyweight championship bout. And I'm going to tell you that I don't think that two versus one is hardly ever any good for the one unless they're in Hollywood with a camera running. I think that those two birds that are hanging out together and have been hanging out together for pretty much the entire season are ganging up on the one 
pretty good and that that's why he's acting squirrely. He's not really acting like he's the man. Well, the gobbling slowed down. I moved down the hill to try to get to where I could get one of those three, if not two of those three birds, to walk out into the main road where the road goes across the creek and get those two birds onto my place or just bring that one bird down the creek side. That's all he has to do is just walk down along the creek that feeds the lake and he would be right within range. But the two birds that are ganged up together had moved off and they were now back on top of the neighbor's ridge. The one bird that was on my side of the creek had now moved off and he was gone on to another neighbor's property. A Tuesday morning strikeout. So I'm headed to the office again and going to give him a try Wednesday morning. But somebody else had different plans for me. Because Tuesday afternoon, the bomb dropped on me about my big work project. And as I told you last week, I was through hunting until I finished that work project. Other than dotting some I's and crossing some T's, I feel okay about my work project. I've got basically a few more hours, 24 more hours roughly, before it's due. And I've got to get at it. So that was it. That was week six, and it started quiet. It got exciting over the weekend, and the last part of week six looked pretty promising until the work bomb. So the big $99 million question is, what will week seven look like? Am I going to get back into the woods at all the last week of season, or will work dominate my time until the season ends in Alabama? Oh, yeah and Mississippi too, because I still have a license in Mississippi and still need a turkey there too. So we will see what happens. All right. So before I turn you loose on the turkeys this week, I'm going to ask you to do me a big favor. If you have not already done so, if you would, please leave a five-star rating and a review for the show on your podcast player app. Doing so really helps those who stumble onto the show to decide if they want to listen in or not. It's a huge help for me, and I greatly appreciate it. And that is all that I have for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.